You are listening to the third episode of the one and only Canary Club podcast. I'm once again alongside my co-host Marat. How do you do? Very well, thank you. It's nice to be here again. I'll be taking a two-week break after this just to go and, well, relax in France, basically. Oh, yeah, you're only going to France, aren't you? Yeah, um, been lucky to go uh, to go over there. So two weeks off, do a slightly longer podcast today, I think, and okay. give people... <laughs> their money's worth, I Absolutely. suppose. And if you if you haven't listened to the first two plus the preview show, then you can do that in the next couple of weeks yep. uh, to make up for no podcast. And we'll be back after with loads to talk about. Look back in the FA Cup final and yeah. the champions in Europa League. The football never stops. No, it doesn't. No, it's good, and it? it's getting back, getting mm. back to uh, to some kind of normality as well, allegedly. But we'll touch on that a little bit later as well. Um, yeah, no, all all guns blazing, as they say. The cup final, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shocker, but I have to say, my brother called it. He said it'll be an all London final, and uh, I I kind of just went, you know, because I didn't think we was going to do City. And yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> think they was going to do Man United, but they absolutely bossed them. Mm. And so, wallop, it's it's all set now. My brother's even coming over as well, so uh, yeah. it, it's going to be a great Saturday. Well, before before the uh, the United game, I was thinking, you know what? I quite, I think I'd rather have Chelsea as an Arsenal yeah. fan. And I watched Chelsea do that. I thought, oh dear, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> especially but if that United turn. I up. think the form that both of those teams have been in, they've looked electrifying in some games, and then just yeah, inconsistent in other two. You know, I th- I'd say we have the pick of the goalkeepers at least um, in terms yeah. of us against Chelsea, but just mm-hmm. want to avoid a repeat of that Europa League final. Yeah, no, I don't even want to think about that again. Do you know what I mean? And and then you know it's all set up for a fairy tale finish from Giroud as well, which I'm kind of thinking, no, don't do that. Because mm. listen, I quite liked Giroud. It's just that we didn't have somebody to feed off with him, um, and Chelsea don't seem to either. But I tell you, I tell you one thing about Chelsea: that William is having a second wind, isn't he? Mm. I mean, well, we've been li- Arsenal have been linked with him. Uh, free transfer. They're saying he might, you know, he may be opting to come to the Emirates over Anfield and. Okay. You know, I think that right. w- that would be an excellent signing. Us, you know, put some pressure on Nicolas Pepe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, he listen. He needs some pressure on him. You know, I mean, Nicolas Pepe, great player and everything like that. You know, but come on, man. It's you know, I'm kind of, I'm starting to think. Oh no, Pepe. You know, and I don't want to be thinking like that. He just, he, he's, he's. If if we get William in, maybe he's David Luiz's buddy or something. But if he does come in, you, you, well, we might squeeze another year out of him. It's hard to tell with these Brazilian players, because, I mean, you know, <laughs> you you can go on to thirty six as uh, a couple have proved. Um, but William would be a great acquisition, I think. So I mean, the way he's the way he's playing at the moment is uh, is incredible. I look forward to see him and David Luiz arguing over free kicks. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be something nice to see. And Pepe as well will be standing over them. Uh, the main story uh, that we're going to get our teeth into today in this slightly longer Canary Club podcast is uh, the FA, as we touched on last week, have confirmed the return of non-league football. Yep. Hitch in town, in step free um, of the National League system. We'll be back on Saturday the 9th of September. Those, and that sounds pretty good to us. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. I mean, because uh, with, with respect, I mean, we might be sort of very nicely secluded um, where we are at the, co- the commentary bit at Hitchin. You know, maybe they're, they're going to close off the bit next to us and keep it and keep it very tight. But let, I mean, with the utmost respect to Hitchin, I mean, it's hardly going to be a problem social distancing. I mean, you know, the, the stadium can hold a couple of thousand and you know we get maybe three or four hundred on a, on a good day so 
Um, I, th I think social distancing is going to be no problem. Um, you know, even at away matches, we're we're not like there's not going to be crowd issues. Um, and I think if everybody's sensible and and you know just behaves themselves for a start, uh, I think it'll be a great great success. Yeah, I I agree as well. Um, we're still waiting on the FA um, to talk about crowds, and they have said mm. they have been you know been talking to the government, and they are confident there will be some form of fans in this next season. Um, mm. But I suppose throughout the leagues, you almost got to have different rules in terms of the different leagues because the national league yeah. on a good day at some clubs, you know, if you look at Stevenage, you sure. know, you'd be looking at maybe five hundred, six hundred. If if that more than that and yeah, then more. hitching it could be you know on a cold Monday night it could be seventy or eighty so yeah. it really could fluctuate um so we'll we'll talk about that in in the next podcast what the FA have said uh, they've got some key points for the return of non-league and as it stands what the players fan well not fans so far managers um, will have to do they haven't talked about uh, us in the media section and commentary but I'm sure we will yeah. play a a vital part in the next season the points are really everyone. Uh, in the ground and members of the households should self-assess for COVID-19 systems for every training or match which is yeah. you know which we should be doing now if you're going out or doing Absolutely. anything and if you have got the symptoms and do get yourself tested and protect everyone yeah. um, and every club and facility have to ensure that their facility is compliant with current government gu guidelines and le legislation related to the coronavirus yeah. um, so from now competitive training and match play is now permitted which includes youth football as well uh, with groups limited okay. to a maximum of 30 people including coaches is this like for national league teams or for everybody uh i think i think yeah just for national league and you know okay. all the way down through the systems we saw the, the return yeah. of recreational cricket last week but yeah. you know if you football you're going to see some fans on the touchline and of they course. can spread themselves out easily you might get 10 15 and mm -hmm. you know because that'll just be in a field and you, anyone can turn up really sure um Players and officials should sanitise hands before and after a game as well as scheduled breaks. We've seen that in, you know, yeah, in, in the Premier that. League. and yeah. I reckon they'll be disinfecting the corner flags at regular intervals. And yeah, and, and then after like the that. game they'll go and hug each other. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, I suppose this is different to the Premier League because the Premier League players will get tested twice a week. Yeah. That Absolutely. cannot happen with non-league. There's no, so can't. many clubs, and we can't, yeah. you know, because these are people who will be school teachers or whatever, and they'll That's have, you right. know, normal jobs to go yeah, to. Yeah. And so they've, got, I suppose, they'll have an extra responsibility on themselves. Ball handling should be kept to a minimum, with most contact via a boot uh, or on your head. I suppose on it's the ball. Be difficult for goalkeepers. Yeah, then. Uh, <laughs> I suppose they've got the advantage of gloves, and they're saying gloves should sure. be kept clean and disinfected regularly in breaks. And yeah, so wow. but the main the main thing is training and match play is now permitted. I know a lot of non-league clubs are scrambling <laughs> to arrange friendlies and and the like so i hope hopefully it's crazy yeah man. i mean you know what what's going on it's just crazy it's, it feels yeah. like a few weeks ago we were stuck in lockdown and now we're seeing you know friendlies and training and i all feel that. like i'm in a stanley kubrick movie or something <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it's all yeah it's just it all, it all feels too soon but you know it seems right because football you know if if it's not rugby you know i, I mean it's more obviously more content than cricket which you've seen return yeah I think you know rugby might well be a different story, and maybe they'll be making some new rules. The main one, I suppose, that football players will have, you know, have had their eye. And I think really is yeah. it says here just one sentence: goal celebrations should be avoided. Is that going to actually happen? 
Well, I mean, we, <laughs> well, we've we've been practicing uh, holding back on goal celebrations with the introduction of VR. Mm. Um, so maybe that was sort of like your little warm up, you know. So uh, no, it's just it's going to be weird, Freddie. Mm. Man, I, you know, I just can't. I still can't comprehend it really. And and I, you know, although I do appreciate what's going on, you know, I'm not blind and to to the to the obvious. But it's just wow. Mm. I mean, we've seen some socially distanced goal celebrations in the Bundesliga, but the Premier League with more relaxed rules, players will be jumping on each other. How about is, tackles? Mm, is there now a responsibility on Premier League players to actually increase their social distancing? Because there has been criticism of it coming away from the government. It's a contact to, sport. You yeah. can't, you know, it's but like in terms of you know, boxing, socially distanced boxing. You know, mm. how are you going to score the guy on, on his little shuffle? You know, oh, he's done a shuffle there, he's two points to him. and. Uh, you know they're clouting each other and and the same in football you know if you've got uh you know look at sheffield united man they don't sort of go up and say excuse me can i take that ball off of you please you know they're, they're getting stuck in there was an interview with a player in germany and that was when the rules were strict for them and saying no goal celebrations together so players will run off and you know yeah you know jump in the air maybe a few elbow bumps going around but yeah but avoid were, the hugging and yeah. kissing and all that kind of they stuff. were saying we're, we're slide tackling each other and we're there's four of us in a wall you know, if, right. if you're in a wall for the free kicks, you'll link arms and everything. The Otherwise, it's a bad wall. You, yeah, isn't it? you know, the goalkeeper's telling you where to go. Corners, everyone packed in the box in yep. the last minute, and yeah, and I think that's where players maybe after a few games might just relax and go. Well, actually, we're all in a wall together. Why can't we celebrate? But yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll loosen up towards the end of the season uh, yeah. as the situation improves. Like I say, cautious and 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 just being you know aware. Mm. I think. Uh, it's also said where possible players, coaches and officials should arrive, change and shower at home. Uh, it's going to be interesting because there's small dressing rooms in non-league, as you know, especially if the mm. away dressing room will make it yeah. cramped. And whether they'll say, you know, you've got to go and you know get changed at home and then go and do your team talk on the pitch, which no one wants to do when you've got the fans watching. Because the, the mm. Premier League, and we've seen in the cricket, they've got massive dressing rooms where they can all spread apart. Sure. Um, but you know that's not and how about something like um, Bournemouth against Preston North End you mm. know I mean <laughs> Preston's up right up there Bournemouth is right down there so you shower at home yeah you then zoom down to the club in your nice car you get on a nice coach and you go that I mean that's six hours you know what I mean all the way up there it's like uh so you're going to be sweaty and muggy, and yeah, and, yeah. It, yeah I mean there's a few there's a few guidelines that it just seems um like the FA have mm. haven't sort of take haven't been there and done that in terms of non-league football. Mm. Participants should follow best practice for travel, including minimising use of public transport and walking or cycling if possible. Right. It's hitching our way to Stourbridge. We're not going to walk not or cycle it. there. No, no, no. Um, I wouldn't make it. For yeah, <laughs> a lot of the maybe some of the players won't be able to drive, so they'll be sharing lifts. And yeah. you know, I'm not doesn't talk. Well, it says that's not allowed. It says people from a household or support bubble can travel together. In a vehicle, so you can't go down. So you'll be players all, yeah. So no in a coach. So we'll have to go. Me and you will have to go on the train, maybe separately. Oh. We won't be able to share a lift to go up to, you know, to go up yeah. to the game. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really difficult. We're lucky because we live about ten minutes from the ground, yeah. and we can walk there, or you can drive down with the, with the equipment. But yeah. you know, in terms of away games, it's gonna be a lot of people just going up, and there's gonna be players turning up late. Yeah. You know, if it's all stuck yeah. in traffic, we're gonna see kickoff times push back if there's you know if there's a big crash on the on the m6 going up north Madness. and 
it's we're, it's we're gonna a take a of lot of getting used to, I think. But yeah. just to add football back, if we're in the commentary box and you know, we've got a game going on in front of our eyes, you know, you do Absolutely. find you switch off from what's going on in the world watching. Absolutely. Sport. Well I mean you've got to focus at, like on the game that's going on, you know, and uh, and, and for me it, it's great, you know, it's it's just so I can just sort of em- empty my head. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but yeah, uh to to run commentary you do almost have to go in there without other thoughts going on and just comment on what's in front of your eyes so for me it's it's good it's a way to relax if you like you know so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm welcoming its return you know but like you say transportation's going to be difficult um you know if we're going up there on the train and having to lug gear around on the train it's an extra expense and um an extra an extra hassle you know but um yeah well if you what else would you be doing you know mm, there was another story to come out we know what's happened with berry fc mm. um the supporters group have formed berry afc and they have been accepted into step seven of the northwest counties league but it wasn't taken lightly by the uh, northwest counties league because they were saying well we've got to pretty much rep- replay yeah. last season because it's been declared null and void Hmm. And they've just suddenly been given Berry and FC Isle, Isle of Man, right. so they suddenly got two more teams. and They got to work that, but great for the fans of Berry. Yeah, um, just brilliant. I was so pleased to see that. Yeah, they're a big football club, Berry. You know, so um, it, it's good, and and a good fan base will always sort of come in. Like when we had the issue at top fo- top field, um, what we're going to turn it into a Sainsbury's a or Tesco, something, yeah. a Tesco for God's sake, you know. Um, so yeah, and then the fan base got behind us and, and um, kind of said, "No, listen, it's, it's sacred ground. You can't go up there putting Tesco's on there." And uh, and the Berry fans, fair play to them, they've got behind them and they said, "No, you ain't wiping Berry out of the league football, man. It's not going to happen." And uh, and they've done that, and all power to them. Yeah, well, we really have seen the power of fans, even if they're not allowed inside the ground. I'm not sure yeah. that I don't think every fans turning up outside top field for games, but please utilise you know this commentary service and we. We're still putting together plans for how you're going to be able to listen from home. We're trying to make the you know the broadcasting experience the you know the best it's ever been for fans of hitching at home. Absolutely. Well, yeah, like I say, you know, with this, there's links going around. We've got a few listeners actually at the moment, so we'd like to welcome them along to the. Uh, this is only a trial, by the way. We're just recording the podcast, um, but yeah, you're welcome them from around the world. Mm. Yeah, that that was a feature. I think we had an Australian listener last year. I think we had right. some of your family in Japan Th- listening. Yeah, three in Japan listening. Yeah, that's right. It's great. And and uh, the Soviet Union we had a couple and some in Turkey. I remember as being some. Yeah, I think that, that, I, I think I had a theory that some people on holiday <laughs> because you know <laughs> I'm not sure why some you know why some people from there would have tuned in. But you know you're always welcome. That's a yeah. The beauty of radio and you know and football itself it's a worldwide thing absolutely uh moving on we've got a bit of cricket news and uh, the cancellation of the t20 world cup which is due to take place i think in october to november uh, in australia a much anticipated event uh, especially after the success of the women's one earlier this year um so that that has been cancelled that's you know confirmed during the second test um, of England against the West Indies, the third one is going on now as we record this. So the Indian Premier League, the you know the world's biggest T20 competition with players coming in from all around the world, the uh, the chairman of of the IPL confirmed that it will kick off in September the 19th, so the same day as um, the resumption of non-league football with the final on November the 8th. It's going to take place in the United Arab Emirates rather than India, which has been hit really bad uh, with c- the coronavirus. Um, yeah. Certainly, cricket in India with massive fan bases, and that's something that will really miss supporters. I think. 
Well, cricket, yeah, I mean, as, as you know yourself, it's not a sport that I've sort of dip, dipped into too heavily. Um, but again, they're going to have the same issues as, as the football crowds, you know, because uh, the, with, with the players aren't going to have the same kind of issues, really. Or they, they might, you know, uh, they usually celebrate with a high five rather than run and sort of start kissing each other. Um, but the, the supporters that are all going to be around the edge and around the boundary, they're still going to be sort of tightly squeezed in, you know. And um, I'm, I'm not sure how you're going to select w w which fans are allowed in and which mm. fans aren't allowed in. I mean, well, the fact they moved it to the UAE, which in normal times there'll be no fans there anyway, pretty much. Because, yeah. you know, it's just has the cricket has failed to take off really in the UAE and, mm. you know, games played in Dubai and so forth. And the, the fact it's playing in the UAE suggests no fans at all. I'm not sure um, as far as I know, but uh, I think the issue with the IPL always was you've got players coming from all over the world, the West Indies, Australia, New Zealand, mm. uh, Britain, um, and that was always the problem, South Africa as well. Yeah. Um, the majority of the players from are from India, uh, so they'll all be travelling over. I suppose there'll be a quarantine period in the UAE, uh, but then we will see some cricket. But I suppose the T20 format of the game, um, the shorter, you know, the mo probably the most exciting format, uh, of cricket yeah. and now that has no fans because the IPL the f support in India is incredible mm. you know if you watch a game there just oh, the imagine. atmosphere is just drowned out the fans are so passionate yeah, they uh, for cricket. this competition and you know it is going to be different uh, for the players there well a sporting event that did see the return of fans was uh, yesterday as we record this now was the French Cup final PSG uh, Beats and Etienne with a Neymar tap-in, which he smashed in off the crossbar. Uh, <laughs> but that was after Mbappe, uh, Kylian Mbappe was injured after a horrible tackle by Loic Perrin, who found himself uh, given an early bath. So PSG ended up just about holding on to win 1-0. Uh, Mbappe did come out to watch the second half mm. uh, in crutches, but there is fears for him yeah, uh, with the Champions League starting soon. Uh, there were fans let in. I think fewer than 5,000 spectators were permitted in the 80,000-seater venue. Um, I think Le Havre had a game as well um, a few weeks ago, and they had 5,000 in, but their ground only holds 7,000. So I think, uh, by the looks of things, that is the maximum at the moment, maybe in French professional yeah. football. But it certainly was strange because it's such a big stadium, the Parc de France, as you know. Yeah. And the, all the 5,000 fans were sort of in one tiny part of the ground. <laughs> and the rest of the ground was all empty of these screens and banners on it. So you thought, well, they could have had more. But I think that must have just been the, the French government guidelines. Yeah, or maybe, you know, like I say, the fans want to, when you, when you go to a match, you want to be with the fans, don't you? You know, if you're going to watch it. So it's pointless having, like, you know, pointless. But it's, you know, maybe that's why they huddled together because mm -hmm. they wanted that sort of compactness and, you know, hey, here we are with yeah. the crowd. It was, it was nice, you know, fans with their families sitting there. And yeah. it did, I think putting them all together, but all two metres apart, it definitely helped to provide the atmosphere and yeah. didn't have to put up the fake crowd noise. And you could definitely hear some of the chanting just from the final thousand in the the massive cauldron that is the Parc de France yeah yeah it did help PSG in the end at their home ground it was a good game and I thought it was gonna I thought PSG were just gonna go and brutalize and mm. rape and pillage I, did, I really did you know um, but it was a, it was a lot tighter mm. they really held on in the end and yeah. hit them on the break Sunderland I think ex-Sunderland player Wabi Kasri was you know, tearing up the defence. Thiago Silva played really well, and mm -hmm. Matthew Debushi, uh, once of yeah. Arsenal, on that on that right hand side. There, Arsenal have taken their centre back William Saliba 
and we didn't allow him to go there and play the game just because of the mm. quarantine rules that were there at the time. We just thought it was too mm. much hassle getting in between countries, wanting to be training for Arsenal. We don't want to risk injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have been a different game if Saliba was there, but we'll never know. We will never know. No, that will remain uh, another one of life's mysteries. Yeah. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of a brilliant Premier League season. Uh, well, yes. the strangest one ever, you'd have to say, I think. Yeah, it's been been a pretty weird one, hasn't it? Um, it <laughs> certainly it, has been. Yeah. It, you know, the, and and it's still it's still up for grabs, pretty much, isn't it? Really. Um, I'm not talking about the uh, the the top. That's already been sorted out. But uh, definitely the European places there is having a little uh, shuffly going on. And, and down the bottom as well. I, I, I think, uh, like we was chatting about earlier, I think we can say goodbye to Bournemouth now. Um, yeah. They're, 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 sadly, they're sadly gone. Um, uh, and, and Watford, who, who are the, uh, the ones in the, in the battle with Aston, it's between Aston Villa and Watford really, isn't it? Um, mm. Well, Villa going uh, with a good bit of form after the one-nil win against Arsenal. Uh, Watford yeah. lost their last two games, um, but Watford have Arsenal. Yes. Um, you know who have an FA Cup final. All eyes for the Gunners on that. Just put out their new kit as well. So yeah. Arsenal seem they want to bounce back and go into the cup final with good form. Um, but still a bigger game for Watford, I think. But they'll definitely have been motivated by how well Villa did against the Gunners. Yeah, I think so. And and also the fact that, you know, we have, you know, who cares about the league now, really? Um, we're, we're worried about the, not worried about it, but we're more sort of geared up for, towards the, uh, towards the, the cup final. And, uh, and I, I just, I just think we're not going to field a, a, a full squad. Do you know what I mean? He might, he might fiddle around, but the same against Aston Aston Villa, you know, we we lost that without a care in the world, as from what I could see, and uh, and I'm I'm pretty much expecting more of the same against Watford. Um, I've left them out of my coupon. I left the bet out of the coupon this week after they let me down last week against Villa. But I should have I should have known anyway. But hey, um, so Watford might pick up the points against us. Uh, and then it's going to be down to goal difference, isn't mm, it, really? And, and Villa West Ham. I mean, if Bournemouth That's can pull off an Everton, Bournemouth of Everton, if they can go there and win that 3-0, I mean, we saw what they did against Leicester in that 4-1 win, yeah. and then Villa and Watford both lose. Bournemouth still are mathematically in there, but uh, mm. if they do go down, I know they've had such a small squad and the injury problems yeah, have really been the main problems. Do you have to stick with Eddie Howe if Absolutely. they go down? Absolutely. Um, he's, he's been with the club since year dot. Uh, and he's, he's he's Bournemouth through and through, isn't he? I mean, his style of football has grown on a little bit. A little term in the Premier League is going to do that f football club the world of good, you know. I mean, they're they're a small club, and like you say, they've got a small squad, and it's it, it comes down to sort of you get a couple of injuries, like when they when they lost Wilson, it was like you know there was a huge hole, and they lost a couple of other players in the in the middle of the park, and. It's they're big holes that you can't fill. If you're a Man City, you can stick somebody else in. You know what I mean? A Foden or a, or a, uh, you've got players there on the bench to, to to jump in and take their place. And and you just kind of feel a little bit sorry for Bournemouth. But um, definitely no fault of Eddie Howe. He's done absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. One story we saw this year was uh, the Football Writers Player of the Season uh, was released the other day. It was given to Jordan Henderson. Okay. If you were to pick the best player in the Premier League this season, I know it normally revolves around who wins the title. Sometimes. Who, who would you give it to? Not Jordan Henderson. 
Um, and again, he's, he's done all right. Um, yeah, who would you give it to? Hey, eh? now there's uh, I like I like players that work hard. You know what I mean? Like relentless, relentless players. Um, and I think that's a tough call, man. To who's who's the best player in the I Premier mean, League? For me, I, for me, I think I say Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's just outstanding. I think De Bruyne I'd put, has had a great. I put him as the best really midfielder has. in the world. I think I think yeah. he's overtaken Luka Modric maybe a year or so ago. Um, and I think his influence, his stats are incredible. Yeah. Fair play to Henderson, he's captain Liverpool to the first league title in 30 years. And but how much of the credit he gets from that side, I'm not sure. And I, you know, I yeah. think Kevin De Bruyne will be feeling hard done by after seeing that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 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 been amazing, hasn't he? You know, and um, you know, even out of that same team, you could say Sane. You know, I think I think Sane's been incredible, and uh, and just just the. The man's so humble as well, you know. He's but walking he's around with a smashed iPhone, you know. Cause and he moved to Bayern, Sane, yeah. <laughs> so he'll be playing in Germany next season. Yeah. That's um, going to be a... See, that's a hole to fill, mm. you know. But, well, they got the money of... I think Rian Mahrez has seems to have been the player they've wanted him to be. He's rediscovered his Leicester form. Yeah. Uh, from, from that season, the big game in the race for top four... I yeah. mean, Chelsea need to go... Chelsea have got Wolves. They need to win that Wolves... Confirmed that they're in the Europa League. Yeah, uh, they've had a good run of form. Has been blighted by a couple of defeats and draws though. Chelsea need to go there. I think um, a draw might just do it for them, depending on who, you know, who wins out of Le of Chelsea and United. Um, mm. But Chelsea, um, Chelsea face Wolves. Sorry, yeah, it's Leicester v United. Who who wins mm. that? Leicester against Wolves. I'd like to touch on Chelsea and Wolves first mm. of all. You see, Chelsea are in a similar predicament to us. You see, we've they've got a, a, an FA Cup final, which uh, which throws you in the Europa Europa League, uh, gives you a free slot in there. Um, they've yeah, have they qualified? They're Maybe not. You know what mm. I mean? This they can still and and listen. I love the way this Wolves side play, and I think they're going to go there and they they're going to cause them a whole lot of trouble. And uh, I think. Uh, it's a tough one for Chelsea, isn't it? Because they don't want to slip out. You see, Leicester have got Man United. Um, so whoever wins that one, if Man United win it, then of course everything remains the same and Chelsea are kind of uh, got their slot and everything's nice. But if Leicester win it, that kind of throws the onus on Chelsea then because they, they lose their championship spot and, mm. they, and they drop down into a Europa spot which they might win if they win the FA Cup. So it's, it's a bit all tangly sort of worms, isn't it, going on at the moment down there. But uh, I, th I think I think United are, are too good at Leicester. Leicester have just kind of... Um, they, they've lost that edge that they had, you know what I mean? And um, I think United are just kind of finding theirs. Um, Fernandez is, is, is playing brilliantly. Greenwood, I mean, what, a, what an England squad we're going to have. Yeah. You know, there's some well, great young talent. Bakayo Saka as well. But I hear, you know, Nigeria have been sniffing around here and they're seeing the next international break. They'll try and get him their first call up and join mm -hmm. Alex Awobi. The same thing happened to him. I'm not sure, though, he'd get anywhere near the England squad at the moment. Awobi? No. He struggles to get in the Everton squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. Uh, a last big topic we're going to get into in this slightly longer Canary Club podcast oh, uh, is betting in football and some of the problems and the benefits thrown up by that and you know the rise of online gambling in the last few years. So um, out, a few stats here. Out of the 20 kit sponsors in the 2019-20 season, 
half of them had gambling sponsors on the shirt. And out of 24 championship <laughs> clubs, 17 had gambling sponsors. Good God. I mean, how how can you even have that many betting companies, the first one to ask? Because there seems to be new ones every year. Yeah, you just knock one up, That I've never they? heard of. You know, as long as you can cover the loss if it happens, and if it, if it doesn't happen, then you, you're off and you're rolling, aren't you? I've never met a, a poor bookie. It's a great business to mm. get into, you know. Yeah, but uh, especially online now, I mean, everything is like, like the radio station. We've just gone, oh, we need a radio station. Boom, 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 a couple of downloads, and you're in there, you know. Um, so that's why they're popping up everywhere and they're they're uh, they're earning lots of money if they can sponsor football teams well i think brighton uh, have no gambling sponsors at all and luton town in the championship say the same so well done to those two. well done well done the hatters right? yeah well done the hatters mm. right because we we touched on this the other day well done luton town i'm absolutely stoked about that result what an absolutely legendary the great escape you know <laughs> it's it's they've done fair play here mate i'm really i'm really delighted about that now a friend of mine lives in luton they were saying they could just hear the celebrations oh, from down the street when mental. they saw music being played out and fair play to them there were no big gatherings in the streets celebrating it uh, so well yeah. done to everyone no in, fireworks yeah well done to everyone in luton for that but Going back to gambling, I've, sure. um, there was the industry, the gambling industry recently volunteered to stop advertising during games, which is called a whistle to whistle ban. Okay. Um, I don't think that's happened one bit because we still we still see the same adverts coming on at half time before yeah. and after the game. There's always an advert at half time and, and saying Lacazette to score six for one. Right, you get so me? The whistle to whistle ban, they must just think inside the 40, they've taken that inside each 45 minutes and Maybe. obviously mm. there's no advertising in there anyway apart from on the screens around the ground so yeah. that hasn't you know that voluntary ban has has not been respected no. there was a government inquiry into that and that you know they suggested the ban and everyone said that's fine and mm -hmm. you know the tv companies i think have to take some blame for that as well because they're in charge yeah. of their adverts absolutely well they're getting they're getting top dollar aren't they they ain't mm. going to throw that away you know they've got bills to pay so they're, you know, they're taking the money yeah and if anything the betting you know the presence of betting adverts has increased on tv and in the ground we saw stoke stadium called the the bet 365 stadium wayne right. rooney but um, Derby's sponsor is 32 Red, and Rooney went yeah. there, got a load of money for himself by making his number number 32 yep. um, to correspond with that. And they got in some, I think Derby got in some trouble with that. And I think, in terms of we look at Rooney and that, there's still a massive problem with players betting on games. Well, you know, Math mm. Matthew Etherington at Stoke and play for Spurs. And we saw Joey Barton only a couple of years ago had made 1,260 bets on games between <laughs> 2006 and 2016. He says he's still addicted to gambling. Is there enough help and support out there for players? We saw Paul Merson struggles with that as well. Yeah, but these these are big these are big boys. You know what I mean? They, if you know you know what it's like. It's like you know don't take drugs. You know, and if you go off and you do take drugs, then that comes with consequences, and you must accept the consequences and deal with those consequences when they arise. Should they get help? There is help available. You can go and get counselling, but the best help is is to stop. Now, I mean, that's a little bit more difficult, I believe, with with a, a physical drug addiction. That's you know, uh, than it is. Oh, I've got to run down to William Hill and and stick thirty quid on on a on a horse. I do understand you're forever chasing that lost tenner, uh, the first tenner that you lost when you went in the bookie, but. These these are big people, and especially they're in the sport. They you know they they've um, I, I don't want to say they can afford it because no one can afford to gamble, 
but uh, they're not they're not going to get hit as hard as as say uh, somebody who's who's uh, a working class guy that's earning next to nothing uh, trying to make a little raise you know and and th th there's a little bit of a difference uh, yes i do think there should be some help available and i also think that there is help already available um what different help do they do they require you know mm, i suppose it's harder for footballers because they can bet even on plays have been done for just betting on i think daniel sturridge put a bet on him to go to to a turkish club and sturridge literally just said yeah i think i might go to a turkish club right and then he, his brother went and put a bet on it and then yeah. sturridge found himself banned for six months which happened yeah. to coincide with yeah. the lockdown in turkey so i, don't, I think yeah. he's only missed two games um, so he's he's got away with that for a bit um but, yeah, but that's cheating isn't yeah. it you know and i've got no time for cheats you know what i mean so that that's that's abusing a, a system that's in and, place you know and then one step worse is match fixing because yeah. that's where it could lead to joey barton put bets on his own team to lose yeah so then you're looking at match fixing yeah and then prison sentences yeah so you know that's where people have to stop the um the sites i've got here begambleaware.org.uk you see in, um, you see said really quickly at the end of e in small letters at yeah. the end of each gambling <laughs> advert or call 0808 so if you know if you have been affected by any of this in the podcast be gambleaware.org.uk or call 0808 has on has the online sites have that made it even worse for well it's made it, yeah of course it's, it's it's easily accessible now i mean i can go on my phone and i can get money from my bank account via paypal and be in there on william hill betting away like a good one um but it's but it's how you deal with that i mean i restrict myself and i say well when i'm going to have a bet i put five pounds on on my on my William Hill account, and I say, well, there, that's what you've got today to play with, you mm. know, and uh, and well, this week actually, uh, and I only ever bet on the football because I'm a football nut, as you know, and uh, it's it's nice when you win, but when you lose, I've lost a couple of pounds, you know. If it, you've got to be sensible about it, you know. A, I can't afford to do, put any more on for a start, but I know that, and I have to be aware of it. I wouldn't say I was, uh, I I gamble for fun. And and like they say, when the fun stops, stop. And it's a great, it's a great one. That, um, advertising campaign. It, if it's not fun anymore, and you and you, you know, you're thinking, oh my god, I've got to get this back. It's time. To, it's time to stop. Mm. You know, for talk to somebody, or you know, get it out. Mm. It's definitely been significant because if Joey Barton goes down the betting shop and says, I want to bet on, say, when he's at QP on QPR to lose to Middlesbrough. Yeah. Surely someone at the betting shop going, whoa, hang on, actually, or someone from the public will see him. But now he can go on his phone, yeah. maybe make a fake account, yeah. and then you know do what he likes. But you'd, you'd think if there's someone at Paddy Power and sees that a, a famous footballer's logged in, he might be thinking, hang on a minute, and he's betting millions of pounds. Surely yeah. someone's going to flag that up. Yeah, well, they're, 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 he's they're got away with it for ten place. years. So <laughs> you're thinking, wow, you know, so it, you know, should that be allowed to happen? But. I think things are improving in terms of footballers, but they just need to know yeah. that the support is there. I suppose as you know, yeah. awareness about mental health, especially for footballers, you know, gets better. Yeah, see, that's that's gambling, two different yeah. two different sides of it. Somebody somebody fixing a, a gambling and gambling on something that mm. they've got control or or a little bit of control over to set up and try and twist it and cheat is totally different to somebody that's got a gambling addiction. So I think mm. for those people and those footballers that are doing that and trying to earn themselves a penny. 
you crack on, mate. And when it, um, and when you know the proverbial poo hits the fan, you've got to deal with that, you know. But somebody who's like I say, who's got a, 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 a genuine addiction for trying to gamble, mm. um, uh, yeah, I've got I've got lots of sympathy for them. And just yeah, it's about spreading the awareness. I mean, we saw yeah. Paul Merson appearing in Sky Bet adverts, and you're thinking there's something surely wrong with that. And Sky did stop that because, you know, one of the most high-profile players is really badly affected with gambling. You know, it would be like Tony Adams appearing in a Heineken advert. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's not right. Or Gaza. Yeah. Um, <laughs> alternatively, yeah, Gascoigne. And, you know, there has to be the awareness. And actually, if you if you are going to put about a betting, betting advert, don't have BeGambleAware.org.uk in the small print. No. You know, and I think Sky Bet have done that well. They did a whole advert with Jeff Stelling, and the whole thing was just talking about when the fun stops, stop. And we need more yeah. like that. More like that. Absolutely right. Yeah. Well, that's been another Canary Club podcast. I'm away for two weeks, so I hope this has been a, a good longer one that you can listen back to. I've enjoyed making this. Well, I'm going to extend it a little bit longer, just to just yeah. to touch a little bit on the on the Japanese football. Um, oh yeah. For um for people that are interested in in the J League and and more importantly for me the J League too because that's where that's where my team reside. I'll um I'll I'll run you quickly through through the results from the J League. One uh, on the 22nd of July, it was Gambro Saka 1, Sanfrecci Hiroshima 0, Sagantosu 1, Shimizu Espulse 1, uh, Shonan Belmare 1, Akashima Antlers 0, Yokohama F Marinos 4, Yokohama FC 0. Now that was a, that was a derby, that's, mm. that's really like um, Everton Liverpool that is. Um, yeah, Consadole 1, FC Tokyo 1, Serzo Osaka 0 and Vissel Kobe. Zero. You know, Vermaelen plays for Vissel yeah. Kobe as well as Iniesta. Well, he, he was at Arsenal, went out to Barcelona, thought he'd earn a bit more money, never really broke through into that team, and then, yeah, went out to Japan. Went out to Japan. Lucas Podolski uh, as well playing out in there, I think. Is he? Yeah. And I know he opened a kebab shop somewhere in Germany, uh, but he obviously, is, I think he is still playing football, so okay. a, bit, a bit of a good team there at Vissel Kobe. Wow. If, they, well, if, they've, if they've managed to land Podolski, that would be wonderful. So, uh, yeah, we've got Oita Trinita 0 and uh, Wenger's old team, Nagoya Grampus 8, 3. Uruwa Reds 0, Kashiwa Racel, who are actually the scum, um, 4. Vigelta Sendai 2 and Kawasaki Frontale 3. So, Kawasaki Frontale still head that group uh, in the J-League, sitting on top, um, followed by Nagoya Grampus 8, FC Tokyo and Gamba Osaka are all in the interesting places. Shimizu Espos need to wake up. They're banging at the bottom and heading to J2 at the moment. We're still early into the Japanese league. They've only played sort of six and seven games. Uh, into the J League 2, I'm not going to loiter in here really, but I will touch on the fact that once again, Jeff United uh, have, have fallen foul of just being absolutely useless. We have a couple of wins, which puts us right up near the top, and I think, oh, we go, this is, this is the season, and then we lose three on the trot. And, uh, and and we're back down doing what Arsenal did this season and we're sitting in 10th place. Um, top of that league is Vivara Nagasaki and Omiya Ardija. And uh, bottom of the league there is FC Ryokyu, um, who bounce in between J-League 2 and J-League 3. So all interesting stuff uh, yeah. down there in Japan. So with Japan, there was no season interrupted like there's been in Europe, was it? Just yes, there was games cancelled and postponed yeah. and, and then they kind of worked on how they should do it. And um, 
and like we touched on about the applause and the clap that that's again because you can't scream through your you know singing no waving and shaking your scarves around you can show your appreciation by applause and and that's about all you can do but the stadiums look um relatively busy and it's spread throughout the whole of the stadium rather than people congregating all in all in one sort of space so nice nice to see i mean we'll see how that spikes and peaks around the world and uh, and it'll give us some kind of inclination as to what's going to happen in the uk but yeah that's uh, that's it from japanese football and and from us really yeah well next well, i think we'll have a nice look at this kobe actually uh, and just iniesta and what's inspired players to go out there and you know, it, it is really interesting and in, you know how that league has developed um well we, we talked about Arsene Wenger at Nagoya Grand Prix and now yeah. seeing Iniesta Podolski I think Vermeilen and well some uh, some 54 year old footballers really is an interesting <laughs> league well he, he didn't score for Yokohama FC did ah. he they got drenched 4-0 yeah. by their by their big brothers so um yeah We'd have been disappointed about that one. So, yeah, another Canary Club podcast done as we edge ever closer to the restart of Hitchin's season. I'm sure we'll be bringing you some live commentaries of friendlies in the near future. I wonder if Stevenage will be up for some. Maybe they'll be avoiding Boreham Wood, however. They've got a big playoff game today yes, uh, against Harrogate. One win away from Wembley. Good luck to Boreham Come Wood. Come on, Boreham Wood. Um, a local side. Best of luck to them. Hopefully we'll be seeing them at Wembley. Absolutely. Next time on the podcast, we've got European football to talk about. This um, much talked about uh, Champions League and Europa League mini World Cup style tournament they're talking about yeah. uh, in Portugal and Germany respectively Borenwood nil-nil at the moment Notts County face Barnet later on in the other playoff and there's also some cricket on today as we record this uh, we've been doing this live I'm sure it's all been working out well um, and yeah hopefully we'll have some live commentaries to bring you not too far away thanks for another great Canary Club podcast Marek absolutely welcome freddie always a pleasure to work with you mate yeah well, thank you very much everyone for listening i hope you don't miss us too much when we're away for a couple of weeks we'll be back better than ever very They'll be soon pining for the fjords yeah. well yeah. <laughs> listen to some old commentaries i think if you go onto the north hearts of m website you can have a listen back to the leatherhead game that fa cup win that took us into the first round have a listen to that go and listen that to that a cracker absolutely brilliant i think well, I was in commentary. That was before you, you were on there, but you would have loved to be there on that night. Absolutely. I would have done. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Let's hope for some live football very soon.